welcome back to Tolkien with Friends, where we're about to enter a level of unhinged. I don't think we've seen quite yet in the movies. Um, helping us with today's chapter of The Hobbit, Flies and Spiders, we're very excited to welcome our friend Myla to the podcast. Yay! Welcome, Hi. Myla. Hi. Now, <laughs> now, Myla, where can our listeners find you on the interwebs? You can find me at Myla Malinaldo almost anywhere, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok mainly. If you like Tolkien and you like musicals, then my accounts might be for you. Yeah, Myla's your girl. Yeah. And she's certainly our girl. Uh, love your stuff. I, I mean, I, I love the seeing your collection. Oh my gosh. Yes. So many cool <laughs> things. Not to mention, you know, whenever, like, weren't you doing the affirmation cards? for yeah 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 i love those i love everything i love all of it whatever you put out there i'm into i'm working on a rings of power set very slowly but it's sort of happening that's awesome i can't wait well that's super awesome thank you so much for being here really appreciate it i really need all the friends i can get Mm. (laughs) for the for the hobbit movies um but that's just me that's just me you know uh but before we get into the chapter and Mm -hmm. eh, about 22 minutes ish of the extended edition of desolation of smog uh myla can you tell us a little bit more about your background with the hobbit books and the movies how did they impact Mm -hmm. you as a lord of the rings fan you know how did they enter your life so for me i definitely first started for anything talking the peter jackson trilogy because i was a child when they came out And I remember it was like, you know how you had to read a book every summer for like homework for school, sadly. And one of the books suggested was The Hobbit. And I was already into Lord of the Rings. And I thought, this is a great opportunity. I was like nine at the time, like, let me read The Hobbit and see what this is about. And then obviously loved it. It was a lot easier for me to read than Lord of the Rings, admittedly. And when The Hobbit movies came out, that was like the height of Tumblr, at least in my life. (laughs) I don't know about everyone else. (laughs) yes um, so it was really fun to speculate and react with everyone else and I was very excited I I did the trailer reaction video I cried like everybody else very excited there were some things I was iffy about but altogether happy and then I went to the midnight show for an, an unexpected journey and I and I left so mad <laughs> oh I, no yes, I <laughs> obviously when it started I cried because Hobbits, Hobbits. Shire, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember <laughs> nearly the guy next to me, I don't know, some stranger, he was like, What the hell is happening? Like when Thorne and Azog are fighting. Um, I know. I've made my peace with them. I'm at a point now where I, I do enjoy the films. I do, I've made like a complete 180 from 10 years ago. And I watched the first movie you. yesterday for the first time in probably like four years. Yeah. I enjoyed myself. I was having a great time. Yes. Well, I love that. Yeah. Growth. I think we love I think to I just, see it. I need to like get over myself and like realize it's an adaptation. It's not a one-to-one to the book, nor should I expect it to be. Um, so I I enjoy it for what it is. And that's what I keep yeah. trying to tell myself. And yeah. then I sit down to what okay, so like the first movie, I think we had a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. This so far into the second movie. I'm back on the struggle bus and I'm not, and I'm not like actively hating it as much as like when I first saw it, but I am just a little bit 
sad by the way that they decided to change it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. of course they're going to change things. Of course they're going to do things differently. But there are some things where I'm like, oh, like, you know, like for me, it's all yeah. about Bilbo. Do you know what I mean? And like, I. Oh, he's my favorite. I love him so much. And it's really like he gets moments to shine in, in the Hobbit book um, that I really appreciate. And then in the movies, it's really not about mm-hmm. Bilbo. And that that's hard for me to grapple it's Bilbo with. and then Thorin and company. Yeah, it's like the Hobbit and the Dwarf. Thorin yeah. and well we'll see there's more more and more things get added to the mix you know what i mean than what is in the the book and i'm a bard girly so i think that's why i enjoyed the last two ones more than i thought i would yeah that's fair Mm -hmm. i mean luke evans forever right and like and like in this part of the movie we also see lee pace's thranduil and you know i mean yeah I mean, there, there's no faulting the casting. That's that's never my issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with that, maybe we just get on into it. So at the point of that we stopped reading and also stopped watching both uh, in both the book and the movie, the our company was diving into more Mirkwood. Um, and in, you know, the movie we're picking up it basically exactly 30 minutes in with Bilbo and crew entering Mirkwood. And there the path that they portray in the movie is very windy. They make a lot of turns. And I was like, this is pretty much straight through the <laughs> straight yeah. through the forest. <laughs> That's fine. I get it. They're making it feel longer. Um, that I was like, interesting, interesting. Um, and what's what is interesting though is that like where Lord of the Rings was really okay with like sitting with our group for a minute like watching them walk and making it kind of showing that it's kind of arduous and that's like icky like that's a part of the pain is just like how much walking you're doing um it all goes very quickly as insofar as um, the Hobbit movies. Like they, there isn't really that sense of like, oh, when will this end? Which is kind of part of the point of Mirkwood, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the problem is that it's super fucking dark. It's there's no water that you can t- drink. There's no like reasonable food source, and so you know that's kind of the bag. But um, here it kind of cuts straight to the chase i mean first we get um the the enchanted stream so we don't really get to see them camping or you know the the one thing that i kind of think that peter jackson could have done a good job with is a like the darkness of mirkwood it is like i understand that his is pretty well mm-hmm. lit and like he's never he's never been one to like show complete darkness in a movie, which I appreciate generally. For Mirkwood, like you know how some episodes of like Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon are just like crazy dark. You can't see anything. I think it really could have worked for this. You know, like for and like for Bilbo those... puts his hand in front of his face and like he can't see it. Yeah, like. like like I think that they could like it's like pitch black, but like a true yeah. He, and and he, he like puts it like, but not yeah. pitch black like what you're thinking, yeah. like truly yeah. black. 
Um, and then it's like mm-hmm. Bilbo eventually adjusts his vision and he's able to like see a little bit better than the dwarves, which I also think is a nice little detail, a little like fun things that Bilbo knows how to do, um, which we also get a little bit later with the spiders. But I really think that like the, the, the mini animal eyes and like insect eyes that watch them while they're camping. I really think that Peter could have done that kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I agree. Like that's in his wheelhouse. He would enjoy doing something like that. Yeah. So I was kind of sad that we don't. Um, And I get it. I don't like, he's trying to like get through it kind of fast. Like you can tell, like he's trying to get them to Thorin or at least to the spiders. Um, like in the movie, I feel suffocated and I'm not even like there. Yeah. Like when Bilbo finally gets, I, I'm going a little ahead, but like when he finally mm-hmm. gets up there, like I feel like I can breathe again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's a lot more loopy in the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is kind of like a bad, like acid trip or something. Or yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like the the way that they decided to interpret the enchantment is like, it almost like it's too much. Like I think that the, that really like the darkness and the decay and like the despair is the problem in Mirkwood, not so much what's actually in Mirkwood. Like we don't like we get straight to like cobweb and like cobwebs are supposed to be everywhere, but I, I'm sad that we missed the point about like, and like the path that they have in the movie isn't super clear. Like even when Bilbo was yelling at them to like not stray off the road, I was like, I don't even see where it is. Like, <laughs> You know, like I, I imagine it's so much more clear and like the point of, um, you know, because Tolkien makes a point to say that the cobwebs are everywhere, but they do not go in front of the path. So that there's some kind of mm-hmm. like specialness there, some like, if not wholesomeness, but just kind of like that that's generally safe, you know? Um, so I feel like that kind of stuff is missing. And and it's also like Tolkien does creepy so well. So it it's sad. It makes me sad when it we it doesn't get like I think people, if you haven't read the book, that's something that to really look forward to in Tolkien's writing is when we get to these like spooky, strange places. Like when he writes um about them camping on their, you know, before they get to the stream. He says they slept all closely huddled together and took it in turns to watch. And when it was Bilbo's turn, he would see gleams in the darkness around them. And sometimes pairs of yellow or red or green eyes would stare at him from a little distance and then slowly fade and disappear and slowly shine out again in another place. But the eyes he liked the least were horrible, pale, bulbous sort of eyes. Insect eyes, he thought, not animal eyes, only they are much too big. I'm like, oh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm like cringing like in my I'm like oh, I don't even want to picture that. I know and like the point of when they tried to light the fire and it's just like a bunch of moths and bats just like descend upon yeah. the light. Uh, but we skip over that and completely and in the movie. Oh, How long God. are they in there in the movie? Is it even a day? Uh, it doesn't seem. I mean, they they kind of make. Uh, I think it's Dwalin that makes a point later where he says he doesn't even know what day it is. So maybe mm-hmm. they're trying to imply that it's longer, but like we really can't tell because there is none of that camping or anything. And it is kind of like all one um, lighting mode. I don't even know because like there is no sun setting or anything. Um, yeah. So I'm not really sure. 
Because in the it's book, not it's, the same it's like the book, days though. and days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the, and that yeah. would have, and I, we, I don't think the movie we would have wanted to stay with them for days and days and days in the forest. Yeah. But um, like there was that sense of growing desperation because they were running out of rations, mm-hmm. um, and that was like really pushing them. They were out of food. They were starving. They were thirsty. Uh, they were tired, and that just mm-hmm. doesn't really come through in the movie for me. No, they have like so much crazy amounts of energy for the spider scene, which we'll get to in a minute. But it's like, I don't know. I it's just like the the desperation isn't there. So I think Merkwood like hits a little differently. It's almost like they're more annoyed than they are like scared that they're gonna die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. They're, and they're all just kind of like having a bad acid trip. Like what was interesting is that, so when they get to the stream, the bridge is broken in both versions. It's like rotted away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they've kind of removed the in crazy darkness, we lose Bilbo telling them about a boat being across the stream and he can't tell if it's tied up or not, but like, he guides Feely to, you know, create a hook and like try to pull it back. And they do pull it back, um, which is kind of amazing because it turns out it was tied up. Uh, and so, you know, kind of point to Bilbo again here with him kind of stepping up and and showing some leadership. Um, and he, you know, they, they all kind of go in groups to to make it across the, the river. But because we lose that, they decide to come up with this vine climbing thing <laughs> and and when they do that bilbo they're they're like taking the enchantment from the stream like to another it's not just about if you get wet like even when bilbo is crossing it and looks at it for too long he starts to get all sleepy and weird and so then mm-hmm. he turn he's about to tell the dwarves not to follow because something is up uh, but they all follow it like immediately. <laughs> They're all just already there. Yeah. Yeah. And Bomber falls asleep before he even hits the water. So it's kind of like it's like unexplainable at this point, right? Like I guess it's mm-hmm. just that power, like it's like on a secret steam of like the vapors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like him actually falling into the water doesn't even matter at that point because he's already asleep. Yeah. Bomber just like goes back and just plops in kind of right? yeah and it wasn't even like yeah. drowning like in the in the book he falls in and he's like in you know and mm-hmm. they have to act quickly to to get him but in the movie he falls in it's like super shallow like, like maybe it's on the side he's like, yeah he's like yeah he's just floating <laughs> just sleeping yeah not and it's like not a big deal in the movie like the fact that they have to carry him like they just yeah. do it. They just cut to the him picking it up. We do have um, the the heart or, you know, like the stag that shows up in the movie. It's white in the book. He's black um, and Thorne shoots at it and misses in the book. He shoots at it and hits, but it's across the wrong side of the river. Um, and well, know. there were two deer or whatever. in the book, Well, there's right? like the but yeah, there's the black like he calls it a heart i'm assuming it's like a boy one it's like a stag <laughs> i don't i didn't google heart before this uh but then they see a, a white deer and like fawns after that 
Mm-hmm. So they just like combine them for the movie, yeah. I guess. One. I don't know. I don't know. But there was know. no boat. Like, there was no like throwing of this. Yeah, like, like the whole point of him. Well, like, dwarfs. Like, yeah. and Tolkien points out that part of the point of the importance of the, you know, deer are that they're they they've reached the other side you know they're like mm-hmm. on the end they're towards the end they're the eastern edge and that's the if they had realized they would have understood the significance of that that's never mentioned it, it and it's like but also um in addition the the deer is the thing that scares bomber or it kind of bowls them over when they're trying to cross over and he's the that's the reason that bomber even falls in in the first place so like the stag serves like no purpose in the movie it, I don't, it reminded like me of the harry potter strange. moment where they're like shooting a unicorn, or, mm, and they're like yeah. don't shoot the unicorn they're pure <laughs> right yeah okay yeah like bilbo just makes a point about it being bad luck yeah um, so that's yeah. something he knows yeah apparently yeah i don't know it just felt like so you decided to do that but not like the bugs which i feel like is more up peter's alley i don't know Peter likes scary things i feel like he would have liked to yeah do his own take on that yeah because then later when we do get to the spiders bilbo has to fight like some weird pale i don't even know i don't know what it is. is it's like a weird crabby Spider-y giant thing crustacean to be honest, I look, I don't really watch the spider scenes. I'm like looking like really small. <laughs> yeah. It was very much giving the scene yeah. in um did you guys watch his King Kong? Yeah. Yeah, Where, those things. When he they fall into yeah. that ravine and it's just covered in yeah. gigantic bugs and cre- creepy. It was giving that. I was like, okay. So we do miss the bugs, yeah. but yet. Don't put the bugs in where they go. Put the bugs in. I don't know. It, I don't know. A bug. I don't. I don't I know. I want to look at it. It, it gives yeah. a bug of some sort. I don't really yeah. know what it is. The poor thing was just like walking too. He just I happened know. to tap the ring. Smiling nose business and that's the ring. I do appreciate that Bilbo actually drops it because it's like that's what you get for keeping it loosey goosey in your pocket at all times. Nobody has like a zipper, I yeah. guess, at this time no. period. But like, you yeah. know, get a get they a have chain. buttons though. We know it's been very yeah. well established that they have buttons. Totally so. got buttons. So I don't know. Put one on your pocket. Makes me nervous. Just sit loosey goosey all the time. Um, so and it should be dropped way more than it is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And I think the was, ring is just thinking, I'm going to stay here for a little bit. Yeah, he's like, Mark would just chill. He's like, I'm pretty sure my yeah. guy is somewhere around here. I'll just get dropped. Yeah. Um, the, the ring knew what was up. Bilbo did not. <laughs> yeah. So once they are, you know, they get to the other side of the bridge and, you know, it's they're they're still like, in some kind of fog like nothing kind of makes sense during that part it's kind of like for me it wasn't like super interesting to watch them just being like oh you know like do you know what i mean like i i was like okay they're having a rough time i see uh i know dory at one point he's like there's dwarves in these woods yeah yeah, like, and yeah Bo- that's you and both was like that's you yeah they they dropped a a 
a wallet. It's just like mine. <laughs> Bilbo's like, like Bilbo. He's like, that's you. Yeah. That's and then you. Bilbo like sees, he looks behind him and instead of seeing one of the dwarves, he sees himself. I'm like, what walking that back. Doesn't he like look at his feet and he's and like, they're, like going back? Yeah. Yeah. It is like, a badass trip in there. It is. It is. So I don't know what was in that river. It's, it, it just makes you sleep in the book. It's just sleepy time tea, you know? So <laughs> little different. Um, and so once we get to the opposite side and, you know, we do have the same sequence. It's, it's weirder in the movie, I feel like, because at the point in the book, they're just like, I'm so tired. I'm so hungry. I how much farther does this even go? Like, are have we, have we even gotten close to it? So they get Bilbo to go up the tree. Um, and I, in the movie, he just kind of does it. You know, it's like Bilbo's idea, and he just does it while the dwarves are dripping acid. And he goes up there. I thought it was interesting that they they made the leaves at the top of the tree already look like it's fall. Does anyone else think that was an interesting choice? I think it was to, because I know the butterflies are supposed to be like a really black, black. velvety. Yeah, I and they're blue. They, and they're blue. I think it's just to look contrasting with the red. Yeah. I don't I don't know the significance of having blue butterflies, but yeah, I do miss the velvety black. I know. I really wanted <laughs> it to be like, and they all just kind of fly away. I kind of wanted like a close-up shot. Um, but I, at least in my head, I, I have a close-up shot of the black velvety butterflies. Um, and there's supposed to be tiny spiders up there too. Uh, but it, super different is that Bilbo in the movie can see to the long lake and the lonely mountain. Bilbo in the book cannot. It is basically, um, Tolkien is like, unfortunately, he was in a very tall tree, but there he was kind of at the bottom of a valley. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just looks like the trees go on and mm-hmm. on. So Bilbo comes back down. And he has really bad news for them. And they're just like, oh, my gosh. And, and you know, Bomber is hit pitching a fit because he was like, I was having an amazing dream about eating. And they're all like, oh, shut up. We don't want to hear about it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> We can't share your dream feasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. And then he just throws a full-on tantrum. He just sits down in the path, I know. doesn't he? And he's like, yeah. I'm not going anywhere, damn it. <laughs> I know. He's like, this is this is it. I'm just going to go back to sleep. And they're like, ah! Oh. I mean, I felt very connected to him in that moment. I would have done yeah. the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I feel like yeah. I've definitely done yeah. that in like theme parks and stuff. It's like, well, this is my life now. I guess I'll just live here and never eat again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So at least I can eat in my dreams. And yeah. that's when we get to a part that's completely cut from the movie (laughs) so as y'all know in the movie once bilbo exits the tree the he's already he's being attacked by a spider and the dwarves have already been attacked Mm -hmm. that's a bit different from the book and i love this part of the book truly i think it is so there's something um so interesting about the wood elves of Mirkwood. They really have like a mm. whole different vibe and flavor, you know, almost more like mm. old school fairy tale stuff. Um, so they are starving. They are very grumpy, <laughs> as one would be in the dark. You know, there's just not a lot of uh, hope at this point in their journey. And they see lights in the distance. 
and um, they hear singing and music and laughter. And they're like, we have to leave the path to do it. And they debate on who should be the one to go and mm-hmm. approach these people. Um, they decide they will all just go <laughs> because nobody wanted to be that guy that can't get back to the path. So they all plunge into the forest. They go out and they see it's there's feasting wood elves. Um, and they have flowers in their hair and there's lights and there's food and it's, it smells amazing. And so they walk forward to try to say like, hey, help, you know, all the lights immediately go out. Like everything's chaos. It takes them a while to find each other again. And then they're like, well, damn. And then the lights pop back up again, right? And they go, and this time they have Bilbo go forward and Bilbo immediately falls asleep. I could tell that these Mm -hmm. elves, like they're one of their go-tos is just making their enemies fall asleep with between that river and and this they're just like you know and they just get away the final time they try to go up to the you know they've kind of given up but then they see it again and at this point they're just so hungry you know they're tired and they're so (laughs) hungry so they go and they have thorin go in first but the same thing happens lights go out they can't find each other it's really tough um and then bilbo can't find any of the dwarves and this is where he is i mean he's just like i can't see anything so he just kind of lays down and like takes a nap and like it's like oh you know i don't know what else to do uh so i'll wait till i can see a little bit and then he's awoken by a spider uh and that's when you know we get his first kind of uh action in this story and we get you know the name sting um and i i just think that it's, it would have been so neat to kind of see the elves um you know there's like a different type of elf uh and to see them kind of just like enjoying themselves um mm. and it also like doesn't lend itself to the narrative that like peter is trying to give us with like this whole dwarves versus elves thing um but in this chapter later after we learn more about what's going on with thorin and after the spiders um he tells us that the feasting people were wood elves of course these are not wicked folk if they have a fault it is a distrust of strangers though their magic was strong even in those days they were wary and it goes on and you can see him what i think is really fascinating about this passage is how he is clearly weaving in and like overlaying some of his work from you know the broader middle earth the silmarillion type stuff because we know that when he originally wrote this it lord of the rings wasn't even a thought yet um and so i love the idea of him like not necessarily trying to make this a middle earth story but like that's he's got so much information and he's probably thinking about it so much that it just kind of naturally comes out and i love the way that he like tweaks things to make it work for the hobbit um Mm -hmm. rather than like the the types of phrase phrasing and uh, word choices that he uses for the film so like he says They differed from the high elves of the West and were more dangerous and less wise. For most of them, together with their scattered relations in the hills and mountains, were descended from the ancient tribes that never went to fairy 
in the West rather than, mm-hmm. you know. Um, wow, I'm blanking. What do they call it? Valar? Valinor? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Valinor. <laughs> So we've got calling it fairy. I just think that's so, I mean, it's just like the, t- like the little whimsical touches, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're the light elves and the deep elves and the sea elves, like the simplification of the different types of elves, I think is really cool. Went and lived for ages and grew fairer and wiser and more learned and invented their magic and their cunning craft in the making of beautiful and marvelous things before some came back into the wide world, meaning middle earth. Mm-hmm. In the wide world, the wood elves lingered in the twilight of our sun and moon, but loved best the stars, and they wandered in the great forest that grew tall in lands that are now lost. They dwelt most often by the edges of the woods, from which they could escape at times to hunt, or to ride and run over the open lands by moonlight and starlight. And after the coming of men, they took ever more and more to the gloaming and the dusk. Still elves they were and remain. And that is good people. And of course, we're not going to make reference to them being good people in this because Peter is always making it like Thranduil and his people are kind of assholes in this version. Uh, But I do just want to note, if you weren't aware, these guys are cool. They're cool. They're chill. They're they're good people. In all in caps. Good capital people, G, like, capital yeah. P. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we're clear on that, you know? Um, so when we get to Bilbo finally doing the thing with the spiders, um, I, I really like this in the book because where, of course, for Peter, it's going to turn into an action sequence, right? But mm-hmm. in the book, it's really a chance for Bilbo to not only prove himself in the simple act of like rescuing the dwarves, but he really steps up here. He doesn't like hope that the dwarves are just going to figure it out. Like he uses the ring and he uses his smarts to lead the spiders away um, while the dwarves are trying to like figure out how to get away because essentially this doesn't happen in the, the book in the movie for whatever reason even though we know that i mean like we could probably all figure that these guys have some relation to shelob and shelob stabs you before she wraps you up Mm -hmm. um and same is true here these guys are basically been poisoned and they're not all they're kind of woozy and they're not all able to stand yet or run very fast or anything so bilbo has to not and like some of the dwarves are able to like there's four of them out of the 12 that we currently have i think that uh are able to actually help bilbo but for the most part they're kind of out of commission so bilbo uses the ring and taunts the the spiders you know i totally forgot that the spiders in the movie do get to talk you know when the ring's on right yes only when the ring is on um a departure from the other all the other animals that we've ever seen. Uh, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, I guess it works because they're bad guys. So um, with that, you know, Bilbo is he, he of course, we're going to get songs. And um, so Bilbo comes up with like a rhyme to antagonize the spiders, which is funny calling them things like Adderkop and 
Tom Naughty. Tom Naughty. <laughs> How insulting. I know. It's, just, it's like nobody would want to be called that. I'm like, thank you for telling me because I wasn't. It's like the worst of the worst to be called. And I'm just like, oh, okay. I'm like, thank you for clearing that That's up. That's kind token, of a cute name. Because yeah. I would have not known. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, but in the, also in the movie, he doesn't, I mean, he leads them away by just throwing something. Uh, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, they really let the dwarves kind of take over this scene. It's not really about Bilbo once he cuts them down. Um, and they use that instead for Bilbo to drop the ring and he gets separated from the dwarves. Um, and him just like fighting a, that creepy crawly to, in order to get the ring back. The thing was just, walking to wherever he needed to go i know he was like i'm just living my life here i did i'm not trying to wear your stupid jewelry i don't even have even bilbo was like i should maybe calm down a little bit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like at the end he's like what did i just do yeah he's like hmm that made me feel icky <laughs> yeah oh. the power of the ring yeah i know sneaking that in yeah yeah, because that didn't happen in the books, right? That was no. totally a yeah. movie, movie. No, and and that's the thing is that like I mean, and I get it. Like, technically, Sauron isn't that far away, um, so you would think that the ring would be doing up to more hijinks. But in the book, it is really just a tool for Bilbo to use. You know what I mean? Like, it's not this like ominous yeah. thing. I mean, it is, but it isn't. You know. Um, and so, like, I get that. They kind of overlay, like, like Bobo saying it's mine. I'm like, who are you talking to? A bug? Uh, <laughs> he doesn't even say that. He just holds up and says, like, mine. Yeah. It's just, like, like, one word. I'm like, okay. It's all right, buddy. Um, yeah. and, but in the books, he tells the dwarves about it. Yeah. Which I yeah. forgot. I yeah, guess. Forgot, yeah, that he had done that. Right, because that's the point where... Um, it's post spider uh, and they, they're reunited and they're like, well, it's like, well, first he has to tell them like, okay, I'm going to disappear to lead these guys away. That's when you need to get out of here. And everyone was like, what do you mean? Disappear. That doesn't make sense. And then he puts the ring on and he poofs. And then I think it's Dwalin that's like, all right, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And he like gets them out of there while Bilbo, yeah. runs away and so then after that when they've it's all kind of calm they find a clearing that um like the, the spiders give up on the chase and and they're like okay Bilbo what the heck is up with the disappearing act and so he has to tell them about the ring and and they honestly like they don't he was worried that it would make him seem like less sneaky mm -hmm. you know like he tried to credit himself fully for it before uh but then they they just think it's awesome they're like sweet we gotta he got some cool points yeah, a, a clever guy with a magic ring up his sleeve. Like, that's great. Love to see it. Um, and then we, they, Tolkien notes that they start asking Bilbo a lot of questions. And they, they're looking to him as a leader in this case because, what, what, Thorin's not there. <laughs> um, they don't really, change, they, yeah. do they realize it at this point? They realize it after um, the spiders. But Thorin has been captured by the elves after that third uh, attempt to ask for help during their feast. Um, and so they, uh, it kind of backtracks with Thorin in the book and it tells us about um, 
what, you know, some of the history there, which is obviously, uh, which I'm we're going to get to in a second, because rather than having like a moment of calm, we have the elves show up uh, at the end of the spider fight in the movie. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. you know. Oh, another thing that I was going to say about the uh, spiders, though, with Bilbo is that in addition to having the ring and like, you know, he kind of gets uh, his hands dirty by like using Sting, like he gets to name Sting after killing his first spider. Right. Um, and but he also boy can throw stones. He kills some yeah. spiders just by hitting them in the head with rocks. And I'm like, Okay. Isn't there like a part in the book where he just like brags about all his skills on these different yeah. things? It's like Tolkien. And they're like, I'm not gonna bragging. get into it all right now. Yeah, yeah, it's like Tolkien bragging on his behalf that like mm-hmm. he would throw rocks at like small animals and so whenever... and birds would move out of his way when they saw him stooping. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, scary. <laughs> That's the Tokish side. <laughs> no. Yeah. Naughty little kid. Um so yeah, he's he's got an arm. He can he can toss some stones, um, which I thought was, uh, I mean, good for him. Who knew? I mean, these spiders are quite big, so we know that wouldn't work on Mama Sheila, but I'm glad that it works here because sometimes he says that they're like knocked out, but sometimes he says that it fell dead, and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. How hard are you throwing? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but good for Bilbo. Um, He's got brain and he's got brawn. You know what I'm saying? He's a full package. Uh, (laughs) And so rather than letting the dwarves just kind of figure out the spiders, uh, the movie, we get Legolas and Tariel and a whole bunch of other elves Mm -hmm. um, that show up. And, you know, ultimately, like, it's not the worst. Um, I think that my problem with them is that they're really just used to deliver this like heavy handed subplot about animosity between the dwarves and the elves. Like, I just don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Them like being mean to each other like that. Um, And it's like, it also struck me how the movie wastes zero time in having like Keely and Tariel flirting and I, I'm just like, it's it's like instant, right? He like, was he was already gone by the time she showed up. He's like, that's it, but, I'm already yeah. And but she's into it. Like I know. <laughs> like when they end up taking the dwarves to uh like Thranduil's fortress and they lock them up, of course it's Tariel that locks up Keely and he's like, Aren't you gonna search me? What if I have something down my trousers? Yeah. Also, the humor is yeah. kind of like Alex Wilson's favorite line. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think that like the, like where the humor was like reminiscent of the books in like the Lord of the Rings movies or like sometimes it was silly, but it was never too far off from the humor used in the book. I feel like like sometimes like, you know, it wasn't ever too like modern, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but in The Hobbit, I feel like it's just like it's kind of childish and weird. Like, it gave me the ick because I know if I heard that in real life, I'll be like, no. I'd be like, <laughs> Ew. Yeah. You know, like she makes a joke, you know, like saying that he's got nothing. But then afterwards, Legolas is immediately picking up on this weirdness between them mm-hmm. and is like, 
why is that dwarf looking at you? And she's like, I don't know, but he is kind of tall for a dwarf. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> for the pants joke? No. That did it for her. Yeah. I'm disappointed, yeah. Toriel. Really. There's, I'm disappointed. <laughs> but Like that yeah. got her? Yeah. I'm yeah. just like so confused by the writing of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Legolas is just so mean. Yeah, he's like extra mean. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and I'm like, you barely talked in fellowship, dude. Like what happened between like then and like now what yeah, you mellowed you out a lot. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Um yeah, I just like the rudeness about Gimli's baby picture sits wrong with me. Cause I'm like, like I know that they're trying to be a kaha, they become besties later, yeah. but I'm like, I just don't. I just doesn't. I'm such a sucker for fan service. But I just <laughs> I feel like any reference, and I'm like, you're so mean. Like, so and then he like insults his wife too. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a man, and then Gimli's a goblin mutant or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like, like, like I get it. He's trying to show, yeah. like, they're trying to show that Gimli is. Gloin. Legolas is kid. so elegant in Lord of the Rings. And just yeah. Like, he's kind of on another level. And now, he, just why are you so mean? It's like, it's too mean. Yeah. Do you know? Like, it, yeah. it takes me out of it. I'm like, he wouldn't say that. I would have liked like, a Gimli reference if it was like playful. Yeah. It's but, not just yeah. straight up like, your baby ugly. <laughs> yeah. A goblin you. I'm like, no. I'm like, you know he knows it's the sun too. Yeah. And it's also like yeah. elves are just classier than that. They just are. I'm having a bad day. Yeah. I'm just not buying it, you know. Um, and so that's when and I t- they totally and I totally understand them keeping the dwarves together for this bit to be taken to uh, you know, Thranduil's little fortress in the woods um rather than like doing the separation thing i like for the movie's purposes Mm -hmm. they probably didn't have time for all that um and like having bilbo fighting that creepy crawly is like the reason that they separate him but in the book it's really like bilbo's a thinker he gets Mm -hmm. away on purpose with the ring you know what i mean so that he isn't captured uh, and is able to follow them in the movie it feels a little bit more like an accident you know, um, not that he was really planning for that to happen. Uh, so again, we every time they take they chip away at my poor little Bilbo, it makes me sad. It just makes me sad, and that's how I feel. That's how I feel. He's a lot more cunning in the books. Yeah, he's just he's yeah. a smart cookie. You know what I mean? And he is a valuable asset to the team. And I I don't think that the writing brings that through in the movie and i love that part of the hobbit when he killed like that old spider like that was when he realized no one else was here to help me but i got this anyway 100 percent. like he felt yeah. it and you know like he felt braver uh, yeah. and stronger which was very important very important for bobo but we don't get those little moments not, not in this version of the story it's fine i'll get over it i swear um <laughs> And of course, this mean like while they're they lock up the rest of the dwarves, like we were saying, but they keep Thorin um to hang out with Zaddy Thranduil um for I love how they show Thranduil <laughs> just like fading in and out, like his eyes. His oh, crown. I know. 
Yeah. It's like yeah. a like a perfume commercial, you know, and I just like it's so romanticized. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like really stepping it up, like yeah. introducing Randall, which is kind of perfect for him because he kind of is that way. He kind of is that way. Yeah. yeah. And it and it's like I think that like Lee Pace is bringing it, you know, Richard mm-hmm. Armitage obviously serving in this confrontational scene. Um, the scene in the book is one of my top five favorite parts of the whole. That's why I picked this chapter for yeah. the last scene in the chapter because it's so funny. Mm-hmm. And I was so looking forward to them having like we were starving, like just over and over again. I know. It's so I understand it didn't fit with the movie, but I think well, it didn't fit because movie. they didn't let it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They had I love that moment. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I think it's um it's I think it's really well done. I think it's really smart. Um, mm-hmm. um, but the, you know, what I was thinking about is that when they have uh, Thranduil saying like, I'll let you go in the movie uh, if mm-hmm. Thorin will like retrieve these jewels that he feels like are rightfully his from Erebor. It feels like a sort of nod to um, this one paragraph at the end of the chapter where it's talking about the conflicts between dwarves and elves. It it tries to give a little bit of context there. And it says in ancient days, they had had wars with some of the dwarves whom they accused of stealing their treasure. It is only fair to say that the dwarves gave a different account and said that they only took what was their due for the elf king had bargained with them to shape his raw gold and silver and had afterwards refused to give them their pay. Honestly, historically, that has happened. So I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, if the Elf King had a weakness, it was for treasure, especially for silver and white gems. And though his hoard was rich, he was ever eager for more since he had not yet as great a treasure as other Elf Lords of old. His people neither mined nor worked metals or jewels, nor did they ever bother much with trade or with tilling the earth. All this was well known to every dwarf though Thorin's family had had nothing to do with the old quarrel I've spoken of. Consequently, Thorin was angry at their mistreatment of him, and also he was determined that no word of gold or jewels should be dragged out of him. So when we get to that point in the book, um, and Thranduil is like, what are you, I mean, and in The Hobbit, they only ever call him the Elf King. Uh, Because obviously, Tolkien didn't know yet. That would be Thranduil. Um, and he is really only responding. He's like trying to ask him, what are you doing here? And Thorin just responds, we're starving. We we're asking for help. You know, it's like, why did you and your folk three times try to attack my people at their merrymaking? And I'm just kind of like drama queen. Drama, so, yeah. <laughs> like was hundreds of them. And then. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, really? For real, real? You felt attacked? Uh, and he's like, we did not attack them. We came to beg because we were starving. Where are your friends now? What are they doing? I don't know, but I expect starving in the forest. <laughs> Love what it. a flippant <laughs> answer. What were you doing in the forest? Looking for food and drink because we were starving. But what brought you into the forest at all? And at that, that's where you get stuck. Yeah. So Thorin doesn't answer. And um, the king says, take him away and keep him safe until he feels inclined to tell the truth, even if he waits a hundred years. And of course, you know, they try to hit that vibe in the movie um, by having like Thranduil, you know, he has this little moment where he's being dramatic about dragons and 
obviously, I mean, I'm just pretty sure that's just made up. Like the whole him having this wound, this crazy injury from a dragon and Dramatic. magically covers yeah. it up, I guess. I don't know how that works. Um, and so he's like, don't talk to me about dragons. Uh, and he basically says like you got what you deserve i warned your granddaddy about dragons um but at, he says that you know stay here if you will and rot a hundred years as a mere blink in the life of an elf i am patient i can wait and i'm like so again with in the books i don't think it's ever really a secret that thorin was after his family's money you know like sure they want to go back to you know their ancestral home but really like he is talking about thieves like people they're not sure if the dragon is dead or not they haven't seen him in a long time he's worried that people are going to start getting ideas so he wants to go claim it before anyone else does and um of course the book also is very clear that the elf king does like himself some some pretty jewelry so um, really built that up throughout like the first and second movie mm-hmm. but then like the third one it just like where did that go yeah i i just really kind of hate the idea that the arkenstone is like a how you like claim the throne of erebor but then also it has anything to do with uniting the other dwarf clans it's just like ah it's like the dwarf's like i'm not gonna accept you as king until i see this pretty rock yeah that's like like they know it's his you know yeah i just and it just isn't that deep you know it's just they like pretty things we all like pretty things in middle earth you know and that's Mm -hmm. fine and that's good enough you know uh so you know thorin doesn't talk um and it really isn't until the next chapter that we actually see the other dwarves get captured but i think it makes sense that they just kind of keep them all together here um and ultimately like i don't know i feel like this part of the movie was like a little all over the place um a little like whatever like i I really just wasn't like super into it like you know sometimes they do things and i'm like oh that's fun or like you know in the context of what they're doing but i was just kind of mm-hmm. like meh like meh um and but but i think a big part of that is that they have moved the focus away from bilbo and he's like the heart and soul of it to me so like every mm-hmm. time i rewatch this these parts and i see them like reducing bilbo's role and like the journey and like moving the plot forward it makes me a little sad this is my cross to bear for for this movie i appreciate the love for bilbo he needs it yeah he's such a cool guy and uh and i think martin freeman was like such a great choice for him really well Um, i definitely appreciate him a lot more watching it now like 10 mm -hmm. plus years later which is wild to think about that is wild his mannerisms just work so well with Bilbo, I think. Yeah, I think I love his little Bilbo. nose nose wiggle that yeah. gets me every single time. That's like his way of saying, like, what the hell? What yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, is that I think that the, like these movies are really well cast. I think that they had a lot of 
I don't know. I feel like especially with them adding stuff from the White Council, there was like a lot of stuff to play with. Um, but I just like I think it Middle Earth needs and I know that we have the cartoons and I think that that's um, they're great and they include the songs and stuff, which is like fun. But like I really would like to see more whimsy. You know, it's just a little too serious and not as playful. Um, it's a funny book. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great book. It is a, it is a little more silly than Lord of the Rings, but mm-hmm. it's still a lot more serious than the book is. Mm-hmm. I wish it was even more silly. Yeah. I just want the starving scene. I just want the banter between Thrandall and Thorin just sassing off each other. Just, I would have liked that. Yeah. And that's the thing is that you know that all these actors could have brought it to life in the way that you, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the way that they decided to take the story was like, I don't know. I think that Middle Earth deserved a little bit of levity, you know, and a little bit more seriousness, especially if you're going to have like in the background having the stuff with Sauron anyway. Yeah. Like, I would have liked more songs. Yeah, like the the whole movie doesn't have to be so serious. You know what I mean? Like by adding in the orcs, by like having Thranduil and Legolas be kind of jerks. Like everyone's just so angry all the time. And it's like, it's a little tiring, low key. Legolas is so angry. Azog is just alive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Volgus is son, right? Yeah, Volgus is son. And they're both gigantic. Yeah. And wear mini skirts for some reason. Right. And have like weird appendage, like yeah. armor additions. Yeah. And yeah, they're like part machine. <laughs> Looks yeah. very uncomfortable. It does. Just I'm like, how is that yeah. not infected? Probably is. Honestly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm kind of wondering, so like last time we saw Gandalf piecing out in the movie, well, we know in the book that he's going to go deal with, uh, he's going to go meet up with the White Council and deal with Sauron and Dol Gadur, but in um, the movie, he, it was implied that he was headed up north to go find the Witch King's tomb. Um, So I'm interested to see um, when we get back to, to Gandalf. I also just love Ian McKellen so much. Like, he could do whatever the fuck in these movies, and I yeah. would enjoy it. Any, like, get off side quest I would watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Callie, did you have... So, like, I feel... <laughs> I mean... This part... I don't know. It's whatever. Like... I'm just... I'm not, like, finding... Like, usually we have, like, a silver lining somewhere, but... I don't really have one today. I'm just kind of like, eh. You know? It just feels like a missed opportunity, especially when we know that Peter can do creepy and he didn't really go for it. Um, he just, like, gave us lots of spiders. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it gave me more uh, sense of being drugged up than it did Yeah, being, like, yeah. magically enchanted. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was just like, hmm. Mm. 
The chapter is really good, though. The chapter, the chapter is, is so good. Um, I think it's really nice to see Bilbo coming into his own, you know, in the book and um, really feeling, you know, starting to take a take on a leadership role, you know, and I, I really love seeing him use his smarts. Like, of course, he does um, have to fight back sometimes, but that's not like his go to, which I think is really cool. Um, I think the the point you know after he kills that first spider also he kills that spider and then goes to sleep like he just kind of passes out afterwards which like i get it uh but he and it says he felt a different person and much fiercer and bolder in spite of an empty stomach as he wiped his sword on the grass and put it back into its sheath i mean i love that stuff and i do love that like and, you know, again, before Gandalf left them uh, at the eaves of, on the eaves of Mirkwood, he said, like, don't worry, you've got Bilbo. And it's like true. Like Bilbo is the reason that they get out of this after all the bad decisions that the dwarves make, you know. Randall's just so mean to him, too, in the movies. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. I think Lee Page is really like, cool. You took him from his comfortable home. He's doing his best. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and um, I don't know. We'll see them getting out next time. Um, Bilbo once again stepping up, and I I haven't like rewatched all of it. So like for me, I uh, I haven't seen the second or third movie as much as the first one. Um, very pretty much a very long time ago. I mean, I I kind of watched them a couple years ago, and I just kind of like, but I wasn't like taking notes or paying that much attention. So like, I can't remember exactly how everything goes down. Um, but I'm like, do we see? I don't know if we'll get to see Bard next time or not. But uh, maybe not yet. Yeah, maybe not yet. But they, I think this next chapter is kind of quick, but it's, you know, their escape and we'll see how that differs and maybe we'll get to see Gandalf again. I hope so. I just love Ian McKellen so much. <laughs> I think he's Don't such a great Gandalf. I know. Not sure when. And I, like, I can't remember when Galadriel and Saruman and all that show up again. Elrond. Yeah. I know it'll happen. The third movie is my favorite, and I probably have seen that. I have my reasons. They're mostly mm. bard related. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totes very fair. fair. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I still need to rewatch it because it's been a few years. Yeah. But we will accept bard related reasons. Yes. Yeah. But I'm just like, I don't know. I feel kind of deflated after this one. Is that just me? Like no, I do, yeah. like the chapter gets yeah. me all pumped, and then I watch the movie and I go, nah. A lot of the that fun, the silliness is gone. Yeah, for more serious and drug inducing for some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and that's the thing though is it's like they make it the overall tone more serious, but then they add in like this like weird sense of humor in places, and I'm like, we could have just had a silly goose time. But you're making it weird. You could have had Bilbo singing and 
going across the trees, killing spiders. That would have been great. Yeah, it would have been great. Yeah. I would have taken that over a trousers comment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1,000%. I could have lived my whole life not hearing one of Tolkien's characters yeah. say yes. <laughs> yeah. I know. And she's like, and it's like, you know, if you're going to go the extra mile to add mm-hmm. in a woman into the story where there was none before and then that's what you center her story around i'm like man tariel deserved better you know not only did was that like the first thing but she enjoyed it <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like don't i don't know her, her like i that. don't know her that well but i feel like she would not have enjoyed that yeah i just think knowing elves and like seeing the way that they behave um even in the book with very little we see of like the other elves it's just like i don't know it just feels cheap in you know like a cheap Mm -hmm. shot to try to get some laughs and i'm like there were other things that you could have done Mm -hmm. and like the forced love story is just like i know that this is just gonna get worse I enjoy Tariel, honestly. I enjoy yeah. her. I would have enjoyed her more if she was able to flourish. Yeah. And not be taught. And, like, somehow Legolas is involved. Yeah, Legolas should not have been there. Like, I get having him, giving yeah. him a cute little cameo. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, Legolas didn't really need to be here. Like, the... I think it kind of takes away from his relationship with Gimli later. Um, Like... I don't know. It just, it almost like, makes Gimli me... know he called him a goblin you in. <laughs> like, I your father I way back when you were I a baby. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. And it just feels like, I just don't think he would have ever been that crass, you know, but at this end, like, so unlike what we're used to seeing Orlando was Legolas be. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Like, why does it have to be like, like I get in maybe inheriting your prejudice from your dad, but it's also just kind of like he still doesn't like elves and Lord like what we see in the films. Like he's not a fan of them as much, but yeah, but it's yeah. not just it's not just like they're never just gonna be straight up rude to each other. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when they disagree in the books, they like they hash it out, like they debate it or whatever, and like they come to realize that they have a lot more in common than it's intellectual yeah the way they fight or argue yeah and it's never that big a deal you know um and it, it it's never personal attacks that's for sure <laughs> you know so yeah. yeah i think that if they were gonna add if i were to go back and say okay we're gonna add like a woman elf character i probably would have given legolas a back seat yeah and i wouldn't have um this whole weird love thing um i would just you know just let her do her job do you know what i mean i like that she's interested in not just where they live i like that she's concerned about what's going on in the world yeah yeah i think that they could have made it more like that like you know, and that, that's a big part of Lord of the Rings about, like, different 
folks kind of like breaking out of their little bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would have been nice to her of like her to kind of show like, I don't know. I just don't, I think they could have used her to um, demonstrate more of like, if they're if, like, especially if they're going to go this route with like Thranduil just being like very much a jerk to Thorne. I think they, they could have shown like the gentler, more fun side of this culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and not because just she's a, a woman, but because like, so that she can um, kind of show the duality and like, the the you know the maybe like the more book accurate part of it um of just like sure they don't like strangers but they're not like mean to the mean to them as Mm -hmm. their prisoners like it's is it even fun to live in Markwood because every it's just like so dark and everyone's mean (laughs) yeah and they could have used her for like showing some concern about like the south you know the southern part of Mirkwood, um, because mm. because that's where Dolgador is, and just like maybe, because then later we know, for example, that like Gandalf drops Gollum off with the Mirkwood elves, and mm-hmm. that's the whole reason that Legolas shows up at in Rivendell to say like, "Whoopsies, we were too nice to yeah. Gollum, and he got away." And I just, it's not believable for this version of Legolas you know like the whatever they did with him he's so grumpy and like where's this like kind chill dude that like couldn't stand for locking up any living creature you know even in the book they're like thorns they're saying yeah they still gave him meat and water and bread yeah they're like even the worst enemies they show some kind of niceness to except Mm -hmm. spiders yeah only spiders is the only thing that they're yeah. like no everyone um, else you get food and water mm-hmm. which is really interesting to think about because later we're also going to see them fight orcs i'm sure um and it just makes me think like would book elves have also been that gung-ho about the orcs i don't know i know always just reminding myself it's an adaptation and i don't want to the book's always going to be there yeah so, you're right you're yeah. right that's just what uh, i told myself because i was very much not a fan of them when they first came out but i've I've mellowed out yeah. yeah and it's like i think they're you know they're fun to watch and have on i'm and it's like you know that the actors were really giving great performances for what the story yeah. that they were following was um i just you know if you have not read the hobbit for yourself um i i think it's i mean it's a really super quick read and it's it's such a fun story and there's these little tidbits um that i think are are really great uh that i personally would have included but because they're not included highly recommend this cute little novel and even the version narrated by andy circus yes i haven't finished it but it's already as amazing as I knew it was going to be. Yeah, we listened yeah. to it on um, one of our road trips to mm-hmm. visit, like our parents, and he's great. He's a yeah. he is so talented. The way he voices Thranduil is so perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he does, but it 
it sounds like Lee Pace. Yeah, and he like buries it for like the dwarves and stuff. I don't know. He's just great. Let him do anything and everything that he wants. Yes. I still need to get the Lord of the Rings narrated by him, though. He's so good. I like he keeps the Scottish accent for Pippin, which I just feel is so perfect. Aww. I know. Ah, Andy Serkis is a real one. Maybe if he reads the Silmarillion, I'll finally be able to understand everything that happens in that. That book. would be cool. That would be interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm holding out for that. That I mean, wow, that would be. Do you remember when he read The Hobbit like on a live stream during mm-hmm. the pandemic, and mm-hmm. he took like maybe two bathroom breaks? Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, wow. And then he went back and re-recorded it like for real, real, like to sell. Um, but the first one was like a charity thing. I don't, I mean, that would be really nice. That would be a really good audiobook for sure. If they just, just the entire legendary and just let Andy Circus read it to me. Yes. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that too. I still also low-key would love the uh like honestly the cast of both hobbit and lord of the rings if they did an audiobook yeah. version i would love that that'd be sick just give me everything just and Possibly yeah every yeah. version i'll listen to every single audio version you give me yeah, yeah. that's true that's true i mean all of the people that were a part of these movies really so talented and we know that right um so it's it's interesting like knowing that they're all kind of like masters of their craft and it's just you know we i would have liked to see some things differently but ultimately um i think it just shows that there's a lot of ways to interpret middle earth and there's a lot of um different things you can do to have fun with it so I think rather than, because we know that there's news that Warner Brothers is thinking about doing more stories based in Middle Earth. Um, So I just... Whatever you give me, I'll take. Yeah, and I really hope that they take this opportunity to um, lift up more perspectives and, like, have a variety of of backgrounds, you know. Uh, I, I just think that, like, there was talk of, like, people wanting Peter to come back. And I just think like, I think Peter we've had Peter already. Uh, we, we've had Peter. A I lot. want something new. That's what I'm saying. I think that Peter mm-hmm. did. I mean, he made a huge contribution to, you know, the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings fandom and, you know, Tolkien's legacy. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that there is. Um, I just don't like the idea that only Peter is allowed to touch. Yeah, I Miller. agree. I think that sets up a very dangerous ideology. Yeah, it's it's. You didn't I, like it when he made the Hobbit. So like, what? What yeah. do you want? Mm-hmm. We a lot of people seem to have forgotten that. Uh, yeah. and, and I think that there's um, there's so many different fun things that we could do that I think that uh, the more the merrier. And I hope that we get and like the way that Lord of the Rings, like it did have star power but it wasn't just all about that you know it was about the mm-hmm. ensemble i hope that yeah. we we get to see more um people that are just like a-list hollywood actors you know like i think that was one of the big highlights of rings of power truly you know mm-hmm. so 
I'm excited. I think that um, there's a lot of room for the Tolkien fandom to grow <laughs> in a lot of different ways. And I think that, they need it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, having more varied interpretations of Middle Earth is a, would be a step in the right direction. Yeah, obviously I love the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't change them for anything. I love them for what they are. But give me something else. Like, give me a new yeah. one. Yeah, we've we've yeah. got them. Like they're they've yeah. solidified themselves. Yeah, and, you know, like we're all have they're they're perfect and we love them. Um, so now it's time for something new. Because every time there is something new, there's always it always comes with new people entering this fandom. Yeah, which is always exactly. exciting. Yeah. I just want more. Just keep it going so that like we don't have a decade in between. Agree. Like we used to. Yeah. Agreed. Or yeah. even longer if you're thinking about the cartoons, you know. Like if you gave me like a 30 minute short of his hobbits gardening, I'd watch that. I would. Like yeah. take okay, here's my pitch. All right. Like mm-hmm. if you're thinking, like, what do we need? Uh, you know, sure, we don't need the whole trilogy again. What we do need, let's dive into the appendices. Let's go and mm-hmm. see what, like, give me an animated Sam, like, chilling with Rosie and his kids, replanting the Shire, yeah. Mary and Pippin doing their thing, protecting the borders, you know. I just think that would be so wholesome and cute. And oh. I would watch it on repeat. Yeah. You I'm know already, I mean? like, Feeling pains in my heart because I want a Hobbit animated show to exist so bad. Anything yeah. with Hobbit, I'll take. I Absolutely. Don't care what it is. Anything with them. If it's just Sam and Rosie sitting reading books together, I'll watch it. Uh, I would. I would just have it yeah. on always. Like, well, honestly, what's Sam? Wait, who owns it now? I honestly have not been keeping up. It's It's so disjointed. It's like, I stopped reading the article because I was getting confused. I know. Like, there's people that own the rights to the gaming, and then there's, like, I think somebody bought it from Middle Earth Enterprises. I can't remember. But well, Warner Brothers, somebody yeah. bought it, and then Warner Brothers basically did a new deal with them so that they could keep yeah. doing movies. Whoever it is, just listen to the fans because we know what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like another made up love triangle, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's the thing is, it's like there is, um, like, sure, there's room for action and like dark stuff. And I think that you could Mm -hmm. honestly take what's there and make it even darker if you wanted to go that route. But then there's also room for like some whimsy and levity and some fun. So, like, there's so many different. Like we're getting that Rohirrim show. Yeah, that'll be Just cool. Like make things more like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope that's. I really am rooting yeah. for that. Like so hard. Yeah, I know. Well, Miranda Otto is involved, so it has to be at least sort of good. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm hoping. Yeah. It'll sound good. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping for a totally different flavor. To be honest. Yeah. 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 Agree. There's there's so much that you could take like you know little references here little nods there um the appendices have so so much information which like i think people are starting to see because of Mm -hmm. rings of power but i feel like the appendices get slept on a lot but there's like a lot of good nuggets there for storytelling 
it's a big chunk of Return of the King. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually gonna probably read it today because I need to refresh my memory to see what possibly I, we could see. Yeah, because there's like a lot of uh I mean some of it is just like textbooky type stuff, like with the languages and all of that. Mm-hmm. But then like appendix A and appendix B are really like story heavy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. A lot of things on the horizon, and I think that like it's all good. It's all good stuff. I think yeah. the, the Hobbit movies are what they are. I think that, you know, they're a fun romp, but uh, it just makes me excited about the future, really, and what's to come. Yeah. And I just hope the fandom contains itself and doesn't become as toxic as I'm seeing it be sometimes. Yeah. Keep the excitement up because if if we have that, then we'll be fine. Yeah, I think that it's um that's a good point too, like regarding the fandom, because there's there, there's a lot of uh creators on the internet, and I think like that whole idea of being like um a creator in this fandom space. I mean, it really has exploded over the last few years, right? Like, I mean, we didn't even exist before a couple of years or so ago. So, um, well, by the time this comes out more than that, but you get it. Uh, and, but I think that there are so many people that are like, maybe it started out because of the love of these stories and what they mean mm-hmm. to that individual, but we know we know that hate and vitriol gets a lot of clicks, a lot of views, but I think that a lot of people need to remind themselves of like, and, and sure, like, I'm sure that that's like true of some people just being horrific all the time, but like, and that, I mean, that just makes me want to even more like continue doing stuff like this and like lifting up positive voices in the community because those need to be heard more than the other stuff but then i think there's a there's a chunk of just grifters you know chasing those likes and the money and they'll just say whatever it takes to to do that and it's like i mean are you here to have a good time yeah trying to be like happy and yeah 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 just like you know remember why you came to these stories in the first place and it's like and especially if it's lord of the rings like the whole point was like fellowship and and friendship and coming together it wasn't this like like this whole divisive thing that people are doing i'm just kind of like well you probably should go to therapy uh (laughs) and yeah you should probably revisit why you're doing that in the first place you know yeah but we're not here we're not about that life no no even even when i have trouble with with our hobbit <laughs> um what i am looking forward to i can't wait till we get to smog though low-key is mm. so excited so excited for that um so excited to see more gandalf ian mccallan can do no wrong when it comes to his portrayal of Gandalf. I'm sure as a person he can. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't seem yeah. to do a lot of wrong in life. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't. Um, 
so yeah so so we're really excited um and you know thank you callie and mila for being here today for flies and spiders next time it is barrels out of bond which will be great um and also of course oh well, i would be remiss if i didn't mention our patreon because i don't have that in the first few episodes and myla you're one of our patrons so thank Woo-hoo! you so much for that thank you <laughs> yeah. i love supporting like creators i admire and friends so it was a no-brainer for me thank you i hope the bonus features have been worth it um mm-hmm. so we've been putting out um sometimes we'll put out um episodes early you'll also get you know my handwritten notes which mm-hmm. um i don't know if you can read them or not let me know if you need me to decipher anything ever uh but we have uh more things planned for that the patreon and you know if you are interested in supporting the podcast you can join at any amount there are no tiers it is just whatever you would however you would like to support a dollar five dollars whatever you want um and then you get access to all the bonus stuff um i know that we're gonna have uh some bonus episodes soon so keep an eye out for that and you can find that at patreon.com slash tolkien with friends of course you can find all of our social media um, as tolkien with friends um, or at tolkienwithfriends.com <laughs>